for me, motorsport was something that was a massive part of my childhood. When I was seven, I got my first go-kart and started racing. It's been absolutely massive and a privilege, to be honest, to be able to work with a brand like Porsche. This is Inside E, the Porsche Formula E podcast. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Inside E, and I'm joined by another fantastic guest. Now, this is a guy who's established himself as one of the most talented sim racers in the world. He's the Porsche Esports Super Cup champion. He's Australian. And if you haven't already guessed, it is, of course, Joshua Rogers. Hey, Josh, thanks for joining me today. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. Uh, Looking forward to having a chat. I'm intrigued. Just talking about motorsport, which is such an integral part of your life, uh, have you always been passionate about motorsport since you were a child? Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, motorsport was something that was um, a massive part of my childhood, for sure. Uh, my parents were always very, very into uh, into car racing, particularly uh, supercars in Australia. Um, and because of that, when I was seven, I got my first go-kart and started racing um, here, there and everywhere across the country for... God knows how long. Uh, I think it was probably ten or eleven years until I made the move this year. But um, but yeah, no, it's it, motorsport's been something that's always always been a part of um, not only my, my own life but also my family's life all the way back. Um, my brother used to do motocross, um, so it basically anything whether it's got two wheels or four wheels and an engine, um, we've been a part of it and we've been doing it. So it's uh, yeah, it's been a massive part of my life. And you think of Australian drivers as a rich pedigree of real stars in the world of motorsport. Who were your idols when you were growing up? Um, to be honest, I guess in the early years, it was probably, um, I don't know whether you would have heard of him, but like uh, Mark Scave, Craig Lowndes, those kind of guys. Um, when talking European, though, uh, I think Senna was someone that I definitely appreciated a lot. Obviously, he was well before my time, but... Um, I don't know, it's just something about his attitude to racing um, and his kind of never give up spirit. That's something that's always kind of stuck with me. I think uh, nothing's ever over until it's really over. Um, so yeah, there's always something you can do with that. And um, I think living by that, those kind of rules, um, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think um, it, it kind of, um, I guess, shows uh, tenacity in in the experience and just trying to, to always make sure that you kind of got a positive head on your shoulders and um, trying to have a positive outlook no matter what happens in the race. And, and, uh, and that can sometimes, you know, be the difference between winning a championship and not, um, you know, if you have an accident and instead of going back out there, you just sit back in the pits. If you, maybe you gave away a, a couple points and then that could be the difference at the end of the day. So you've always got to go out there and keep pushing yourself and, um, and never give up. And that's something that I always try to live by. Now, I'm intrigued because it hasn't always been virtual for you, has it? Because I gather that you also used to race on real racetracks. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, I started sim racing in 2014, I guess, um, primarily. But um, before then, I'd been racing karts um, in Australia, won a few state championships along the way. Um, It was very, very close to an Australian title once, but uh, didn't quite get the job done in the end. But um, but yeah, no, we'd, we'd been 
racing for for years and i think um i guess that was or my interest in sim racing came from the motorsport side of things from, from friends and stuff like that in, in there and it was kind of something that i could use almost as a tool um, even back then sim racing uh, especially racing was very very realistic um to the real deal and i think whenever you weren't at the racetrack if there was something that you could be doing to try and hone yourself and, and your skills um it was sim racing and i think um for me it definitely made big inroads in my racecraft and i think that's something that's really really important to a driver i mean you obviously you always have to be a complete package you can be really fast and not know how to pass someone so i think um yeah at least for me like the the motorsport side of things um and all that racing that i did actually had a massive impact into um into my step into into the virtual world so when did you think okay this is the moment now where i think i'm going to make that transition from real racing to sim racing and make a career of it um to be honest it probably only came last year really or the year before um i just i'd been doing karting for so long um, and I, I just wanted a little bit of a break. I want to get back into it at some point, um, for sure, and try and pursue that again. But uh, I think I just needed a little bit of a break, and then that allowed me to put my full focus into sim racing as well. At the same time, too, whenever I was um, racing, you'd always be missing rounds here and there, and you kind of you can't put together a season and a championship um, when that's the case. So um, I was always, yeah, I guess having to juggle that at the same time. So um, yeah, probably only a year or two ago, I made the, the step to really focus on sim racing. And especially last year too, um, when everything started to come together mid-season, I put on hold my university and everything else and really put my full focus into sim racing. I think, um, I guess at the end, it was uh, it was the right choice to make. But, um, but yeah, I think it, it wasn't honestly all to that long, all, all that long ago when I made that step. Okay, so relatively recent. So having been a carter and obviously been really passionate about the sport that we all love, what would you say are the real key differences then from sim racing to real racing? Because it never fails to amaze me how much sim racing has really taken off and the popularity is just immense. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot of differences, but at the same time, there is many similarities. I think like the main things that set it apart are obviously, um, you know, the feelings that you get in the car, the sense of speed, the danger, all those kind of things isn't something that we have in the sim. So I guess sometimes because of that, you know, the racing is far more aggressive in the sim uh, because there isn't that risk. There also isn't um, the the potential of burning a massive hole in your back pocket either when something goes wrong. So um, yeah, I think those like those are probably the main massive differences and i definitely noticed that in karting too um you know you, when driving you don't have that seat of the pants feel you don't have the sense of speed helping you kind of um predict brake markers and stuff like that so it's it's all um i guess it's similar but different at the same time it's really tricky to explain but um at the same time though you've got the similarities of racecraft transferring over general technique whether it be trail braking or gentle acceleration race line um threshold braking all these kind of things are essentially the same from the sim to the real world um it's just that you have a few less uh sensors to to go by in the sim to be able to um to get a good comfortable feeling of what's going on underneath you um, and i think f for a lot of people that can be a challenge to adapt to um for me 
it wasn't uh, like it definitely took a long time but once you kind of figure out the differences it's uh it's not too bad but um yeah i think as i say that there's there's lots of similarities but um but the differences are also quite uh quite uh quite stark I know there are differences, but do you think it really helped you progress your career really quickly in the sense that you did have that motorsport background and you had had that experience of racing on real tracks before obviously focusing fundamentally your career on sim racing? For sure. Absolutely. Um, coming into the sim, I already had the um kind of concepts in place I already knew about race line I already knew about um, brake technique and all that kind of stuff so you, it's still tricky to try and uh, implement that because obviously you're in a different environment the brake pedal feels different the steering wheel feels different it's all different but at the same time um, you already have that base knowledge which helps fast track things a lot you see so many people jump into the sim um, that uh, or have an interest in motorsport, but have never really tried it themselves. Um, and it can definitely be a little bit more of a challenge for them at times. But at the end of the day, they still get to the same point. And you see that in all the World Championship Series as well. There's plenty of people that have no racing experience and there's plenty of people that do. At the end of the day, they all get to the same point. It's just their path is a little bit different. Um, for me, I was always doing a lot of it on my own until I started joining teams and, and using telemetry to try and improve myself that way. Um, but... At the same time, when you kind of don't have that uh, that background, I guess you kind of have to rely a lot more on other people. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but at the end of the day, everyone gets to the same point. Um, it's just a, a very different path to get there. And for me, um, I guess it was fast-tracked a little bit, but it still wasn't a, wasn't a short period of time. I think it was still five or so years of, of trying to get up my head around the sim. But, um, but still... Um, yeah, it, it was probably a little bit of an easier step into the sim uh, than for some. Now, enlighten me, Josh. Just try and give me an insight into what a day in the life of Josh Rogers looks like. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, lately it's um, it's been very obviously sim-focused. Uh, it always is, but, um, you know, we obviously try and, get up early and start the day well, um, do a few hours in the sim or a couple hours of sim in the morning, um, then go run a few errands, do do some other things throughout the day uh, before we come back in the afternoon and work on it more. Especially with the the um, virtual Le Mans 24, we've been preparing a lot for that um, as well as obviously Formula E. Um, yeah, there's a lot of driving that goes on throughout the day. Um, it's basically our full-time job now, so we have to treat it that way. Um, you know, you start at nine o'clock and finish at four, you know, kind of thing. Um, obviously, that's not a strict uh, time frame. Sometimes we're driving till later in the evening. Sometimes we start a little bit later. But at the end of the day, we do have to treat it like a full-time job. And um, and that's basically the way it goes, especially now um, with sim racing booming, um, with all the unfortunate uh, occurrences going on in the world at the moment. But um, at the same time, uh yeah it's uh it's been stressful but um you know we've been pushing through and and i think it's it's been improving all of us as well because it's almost forcing us to drive a little bit more um and we're yeah we're all stepping forward as a result and i think we're seeing that with uh with formerly there was um obviously some good results for for neil and andre throughout there and of course, stepping up to the plate, because as you mentioned there, it's absolutely booming as a sport. I mean, I'd love to get your thoughts on 
esports in general, as you mentioned, of course, we've gone through this horrific pandemic and there's been huge focus on virtual racing. But do you think that this is the start of a very exciting era? Do you think that we're going into a really exciting time and indeed the future in terms of popularity? I really hope so. Um, I think the tricky thing is, is going to be bringing people over from real motorsport. I think a lot of the boom has probably come from um, all the real life drivers obviously having to step into the sim um, and they're kind of fans of either the series or themselves uh, obviously coming along with it. Um, the real question is, is when um, motorsport comes back, whether some will stay. And that's, I guess, the tricky question. Um, we don't really know until it's going to happen. I think there's definitely been glimpses of um, of a lot of fantastic series that have been going on at the moment and, and they've been getting a lot of attraction because of that. And I think it is opening a lot of people's eyes to what sim racing can be um, especially when you think that it's not uh, or it's far from sitting on the on the lounge with a controller in front of the tv like we're we're doing a lot more than that um, and I think people are starting to see that too and respect that which is fantastic and, and it's really great for us to be honest because we've been we've been pushing at it for so long um, and like other esports out there it took time for them to grow and it's taken time for us as well but um, but yeah I mean we'll see um it's hard to tell and hard to know until it happens, but um, fingers crossed with any luck. Um, yeah, this is the start of something big. As you mentioned there, it's not a case about just people sitting, you know, on their sofa, just competing. It's far more technical than that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've got, um, like in terms of our simulators, we've got high force direct drive wheels, three, four screens, pedals with uh, a brake application force of you know 80 kilograms which obviously isn't quite as much as, as the real car but we can push ourselves to that if we wanted to um and obviously the the level of focus and the practice that goes into it um setting up the car going through telemetry looking at all these different things like shock histograms and power graphs and all this kind of crazy stuff and it kind of goes so deep into it um i guess almost to the extent that that they do um, in, in the real motorsport and that's I guess something that a lot of people from the outside don't see and which is why like what we're doing here is fantastic because it allows us to enlighten a lot of people on on kind of what really does go into it and I think um, yeah at least as of late a lot of people have been starting to see that which is fantastic for us and um, yeah I don't know it's uh, it's tricky to, to say the least but um, but yeah I think um, you know, it's, it's, it's positive going forward I have to ask you this, Josh. Do you have a favourite circuit in the world? I feel like this is probably a pretty easy one day <laughs> to guess. <laughs> uh, Bathurst, for sure. 10 out of 10. I don't is know, that because you're Australian? Um, there might be a little bit of bias there. But no, I, I think there's, there's just something about that track that um, I guess obviously it's been one that I've been growing up watching for a long time. Um, and going to the Bathurst 12 hour this year, uh, the real one, um, definitely made me appreciate the place a lot more. Um, it's the undulation, the, the bumps, the, the, the sheer speed that, um, GT3 cars carry over the top. It's just, the, it, there's just something about that place. And even like in the sim as well, um, running the car millimeters away from the wall, trying to get absolute most out of yourself without making a little mistake. 
it's just really, really rewarding when you get it right. Um, and I think for me too, my first world championship win came at that track as well. So um, it, it, it has a, a special place, I guess. Um, there is a little bit of Australian bias in there, but there are plenty of other <laughs> positive reasons too. Well, I don't blame you for being sentimental. It's an amazing circuit. And if you've won there, well, it's a bonus, isn't it? Um, Let's now talk about your involvement with Porsche, if we can, because it's pretty phenomenal, your achievements. You've won the Porsche Sim Racing Trophy and the Porsche Targoya Esports Super Cup last year. I mean, if you can relive those memories, I mean, from the outside world and for motorsport fans, that's huge achievement, but it must make you incredibly proud to take those titles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for me, like going into last year, everything that happened, I didn't expect any of it. Um, I think always have to go into every new year with uh, a clean mindset, um, but, that being said, I think like definitely kicking it off with the Sim Racing Trophy at the, the Sim Expo at the Nobu Ring was, um, to be honest, it was it was massive for me. It was a confidence booster. Uh, a land environment wasn't something that I've been particularly familiar with. Um, obviously, we're on different Sims that we're unfamiliar with. They're also motion, which isn't something that we use, so that's something else to get used to. Um, and I don't know for me, like that whole week, that, that weekend, um, obviously traveling from home in Oz as well was uh, you know, getting over the jet lag and all these kind of things. Like there was a lot going on in that week. Um, and to be able to have such a strong race that like we did in the last one um, and pull that one off was, um, yeah, it was something. So especially, I don't know, like it, I just had that kind of similar feeling as to, uh, as to in karting when you're, you're standing there, you're holding the trophy up. Like there's, there's just something different uh, about that kind of environment. It's not something that we get to experience very often in sim racing. So um yeah, it kind of, uh, I guess it brought back a few memories, but um, but no, it was it was fantastic. And then obviously to top that off with the Porsche Tagway Sports Super Cup last year um, was, I guess it was a massive milestone for me, to be fair. Um, the championship was so close, it really came down to the wire. Um, and I think Monza, especially taking all things into consideration, the format and stuff, uh, I think we qualified on poles, so we started P8 um, and managed to, to drive through it and win the, the heat race in, in 15 minutes, which I don't think anyone else had done that season. And that was kind of really what set me up for the for the final. Um, and I don't know, it was just something going into that weekend that um, obviously everything had to go right. I think it was only about 10 points difference between me and, uh, and Benica coming into that round. So uh, it could have gone either way. But um, yeah, that was uh, it was a tricky one, not only physically, but also mentally. Um, to try and make sure that the whole time you're always focused on what you really needed to do. It was it was a numbers game at that point. Sometimes it wasn't necessary taking any risks. Uh, like for example, in the final, uh, I, I mean, it was a massive draft train, like eight cars. Um, I was never really planning on going for the win, which is something that I never would consider not doing. Um, but it was something that I didn't need to do. So I didn't want to take that risk. I, was, I had my my eyes on on the big picture the whole time so um yeah that both those events last year were definitely um exceptional uh, uh, for me personally and i think um like even that as well going back a little bit further the um the sim racing summit in leipzig uh for porsche as well um that was a really cool event and my first kind of true land experience so there's been a lot with porsche over the last uh 12 to 15 months um 
and you know, fingers crossed going into the future we can have a little bit more, but um, but we'll see. Because of course you are currently leading the Porsche Tarkoya Esports Super Cup for 2020. So give me a little bit of an overview. How do you rate your chances of defending your title? Are you feeling the pressure this time around? I'm definitely feeling it a little bit more, yeah. Uh, this year didn't start off quite as well as what it did last. Um, I think last year we started off with multiple podiums and a, and a win. Um, this year we haven't got a win yet, coming into round four, so hopefully we can get that sooner rather than later. Um, but we've been consistent, which I think is the main thing. Um, coming from last year, my main issue after kind of round three was consistency. I was getting involved in accidents. Um, all the things that when you're going for a championship, you don't want. Um, so for me this year, I'm trying to work on those weaknesses than what I had last year. Um, and I think that's that's definitely working. We're lacking a little bit of speed though, so we need to find that. Um, Sebastian, Jobe, and, and obviously Max uh, Bianca are both really, really fast this year. Um, so it's going to be challenging to say the least. I think it's going to be far closer and harder than what it was last year. Um, so we've got to work hard on that. But... Um, as long as I can improve on my mistakes from last year, um, I think this year will be a win regardless um, in terms of personally. Even if we don't come out on top, um, there's still obviously gains that we've had. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be harder than last year for sure. Um, but we're obviously going to, to always uh, continue to push harder for that and, and try to um, to make up as much as we can. But so far, so good. Um, we just have to make small small steps here from here on. It's never easy, is it, to defend your title? But I, I just want to mention Targ Hoyer because, you know, they're the title sponsor. And that obviously means that the series prize pool has been increased to 200,000 US dollars. Um, and, and I guess there's a twofold element to that. It's fantastic that the profile of the championship is being raised with that kind of financial support. But I guess it increases the level of competition, right? Definitely. Um, as you said, it's been really, really... Uh, well, it was once the announcement kind of came out that Tagoy was coming on board, it was it was really, really cool and fantastic. Obviously, the, the prize pool is, is, uh, is a side bonus, but I think just having a brand like them on board with the series as well helps kind of... Um, improve the professionalism of the series i guess like in terms of how it's accepted broader um it, it kind of brings a little bit more weight behind the series i suppose um but yeah it's because of that i guess there is obviously the aspect that it is going to be more competitive people will be pushing harder but at the same time too i think for the guys at the top um it's more about the competition than anything um so uh, at least i feel like after last year people are going to be pushing harder because they want to they want to win regardless of what the prize pool is i think if there was no money or there's two hundred thousand dollars on the line i feel like everyone would push just as hard if you know what i mean uh, we're kind of all there to compete and push ourselves and win basically ultimately that's what we're there to do and that's what we want to achieve the money is just something on the side um really at least for me that's what it's like um i'm a very very competitive person i always have been and i always will be um <laughs> So basically winning is, is my main goal always. Um, and, and, and yeah, but it's, it's definitely going to make it more competitive, yeah. And I think probably more exciting as well. People are probably going to take a few more risks. Um, but um, yeah, I think the main thing with that though is obviously the, uh, 
having a partner like them on board with the series is, is really, really fantastic for, for not only that, uh, the championship, but also sim racing as a whole. So who do you see then as your main rivals, your competitors this season? Um, I, I think definitely at the moment, um, it's Sebastian Job and Max Binnaker. But I think at the same time too, it's always really, really easy to, or difficult to um, kind of, I guess, w when you're talking about your teammates, um, they're the ones that have all your data. They like, you're not hiding anything from them. Usually you're on the same or very similar setup, um, all these kind of things. So for that reason, um, sometimes your teammates are also your strongest competitor too. I mean, it changes week in, week out. Um, I think at the moment though, it's, it's definitely, um, Seb, but, um, yeah, I mean, like when you look at last year, for example, Mitchell was one of my strongest competitors. And I think that was mainly because we were teammates, you know, we're working together. We're, not hiding anything from each other we're pushing each other forward um so it it changes all the time um but yeah i think as i said yeah i think seb's the main main one to uh, to look at this year i mean he's had four wins i think or three wins this season so far um so he's clearly strong and he's improved a lot over last year so um we'll have to work extra hard to try and knock him off the top step yeah. I mean, there are some seriously big names involved. I mean, you know, just to name Max Verstappen for one. I mean, what's it like? I mean, it must make you incredibly proud that you're involved in this kind of championship and it's like a who's who of motorsport. I mean, yeah, of course, having someone like Max in that championship is is massive for the season or for the, for the series. Um, I think too, though, at the same time, at least for me, in terms of everyone in that in that championship, I always try to look at everyone as, I guess, um, just respecting them for being there. Um, whether they're Max Verstappen or whether they're um, Sebastian Job, like they, it, whether they're a real racer or not, or whatever their background is, um, they've made it to that championship. That's an accolade in itself. Um, it's very, very difficult to qualify for that. Um, and I think, for that reason, obviously, it's, it's really, really good to have someone like Max in the series. And I think it's boosting the, the profile of the championship massively. But um, but at the same time, I kind of just look at him as, as anyone else. Um, they're just another competitor and someone to try and um, to try and knock off. But but uh, but yeah, I think it's it's certainly fantastic to have him in the series. And I think there's even um, you know he's bringing a lot of um, a lot of others kind of into the sim as well. Um, and you look at him and Lando, they've really pushed the profile of, of iRacing and sim racing, at least in the past few months, up massively. Um, and for that reason, probably a lot of other real races have come along too. And then that's obviously boosting sim racing and kind of bringing everything up. So um, we're all very thankful of that, for sure. Um, but yeah, in terms of just a championship perspective, I tend to look at everyone in the same. Yeah, you'll sort him out, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> Josh, for you personally, um, it's been such a, a meteoric rise in a very short period of time in terms of your career in sim racing. But I'd really like to gauge your thoughts about being involved with Porsche, which is such an iconic sporting brand. Um, it must make you incredibly proud. I mean, for sure. Um, a brand like Porsche, obviously, they've got so much success um, in motorsport from basically day dot. 
um, you know, they've been winning since since they began. So um, being or working with a brand like that, um, I mean, even uh, late last year, the Porsche Top 5 Series, we did, um, did some stuff there with Sven Muller at the Saxon Ring. Um, obviously, coming to this year with, with Formula E, uh, Race at Home Challenge. Um, we see Tago Esports Super Cup, um, uh, the Frankfurt's um, motor show event last year. You know, there's been so much um, that them coming on board as a series partner has made so many opportunities for us sim racers. Um, and I think being able to be a part of that has been a massive massive experience i've learned a lot um and i think there's a lot that i can take away from it um to kind of improve myself not only on track but off track um and i think that's something that um i mean obviously this past 12 months i'm never gonna forget but um yeah i think moving forward hopefully we can keep doing this um we'll see what happens but uh but yeah um it's been absolutely uh, massive and a privilege to be honest to be able to work with a brand like porsche now, you mentioned earlier in our chat about being involved in Formula E. I think five rounds, am I right, in the challenge grid category, uh, competing Correct. against other professional sim races. So, I mean, real achievement. Finished the grand final in fifth place. Um, one win, one pole position, four podium results. Just give me a bit more of an overview of what it's been like to be involved in Formula E, which is very current. I mean, it's phenomenal how as a championship, it's just growing in popularity. So what's it been like being involved in, in that particular series? Yeah, I mean, as you say, it's been growing year in, basically, or year in, year out since the beginning. Um, and obviously them putting on the Race at Home Challenge, obviously supporting uh, UNICEF as well. Um, it was really, really cool to be able to be a part of that. Um, and I think to share that experience with Porsche as well was um, something that um, that was also, um, honestly, for me, an eye-opener, and it was something that was really, really enjoyable for myself. Um, I learned a lot. Um, and I think at the same time to... I guess being part of that series, you can kind of really see the level of professionalism that, uh, that you have in motorsport now behind the scenes that most people don't get to see. Um, you know, that from organization, um, briefings, things like this, like they, they're always putting so much effort into it to make sure it's as professional as it can be all the way from uh, the roots to the broadcast at the end of the day. Um, and I think that really goes to show how um much i guess uh, sim racing can also learn from real racing too there's a lot of times out there where um things aren't quite as professional as they could be so that's obviously an area um where we can learn but i mean at the same time yeah like i say it's been it was fantastic to be part of that series obviously to finish it in p5 wasn't necessarily what we wanted but still a fantastic result and i learned so much throughout the season uh, and we grew uh together leaps and bounds throughout so um yeah Hopefully we can do it again for different reasons, though, uh, as what uh, what was going on this year. But uh, but yeah, no, it's, it, it was fantastic. Were you impressed by the level of competition? Absolutely, yeah. Um, but up the top of the pointy end, the competition was very, very on an extremely similar level to that of the Porsche Tag Esports Super Cup. Um, I think for the final round in warm-up, there was maybe a tenth separating the top 11 cars or so. Wow. Uh, it was ridiculously close. Um, and I think that 
I guess goes to show how much effort everyone puts into it um, and how talented everyone is to be honest on the grid um, it was it was uh, an eye opener to kind of how competitive things are outside of iRacing um, so uh, so yeah it was um, it was to be honest it was mind blowing to see but um, at the end of the day that also provides really good racing too when everyone's so close um, when no one's making mistakes when everyone's really on their game um, you know you're seeing a lot of passing racing obviously people like Kevin uh, were way ahead of the field, especially in the latter part of the season. So um, massive congrats to him on that. It was well-deserved. Um, but yeah, I think um, definitely kind of from P2 onwards, it was, was ridiculously close, um, which was, yeah, fantastic to see. Yeah, as you say, that makes for such spectacular racing. It's so nail-biting from a spectacle point of view. Josh, when you're involved in something like the Challenge Grid in Formula E, I'd love to get like a feel of your emotions because just like any real driver, the adrenaline and the concentration levels must be absolutely phenomenal. It's like honing your skills. After a race, you must have that kind of exhaustion feeling, you know, because it is such a, a big concentration level, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, we don't have the the physical constraints as what you do if you're in the real car. You know, you're not dealing with heat and all these kind of things. Um, but from a mental perspective and the focus, it's very, very similar. At least for me, comparing karting, you know, if you're lining up on the grid for a final of a national championship, comparing to sim racing, I get way more, way more nervous and way more butterflies in sim racing. Um, there's just, uh, I don't know. It's just there's. I guess so many more distractions as well. You know, you don't have the helmet on. You're not always necessarily fully focused on what's in front of you. Um, and it's, it's difficult to kind of try and get yourself in the mental mindset to, to really kind of hone in on that. Um, and as well, at the same time, there's, I guess, um, so much more to think about as well. Like when you're racing, I mean, for us um, in an endurance race, for example, obviously we have engineers, but at the same time, you know, we're always thinking about, the car's balance or a potential strategy opportunity or we're trying to kind of um, calculate uh, in our head maybe what the best way to go about uh, taking the rest of the race is um, whereas I guess in motorsport you've obviously the drivers are doing that but you've got a lot more people behind the scenes um, putting in uh, input into making that decision for you um, I think too but yeah I mean the sim racing um like from a focus point is is massive and i think because we're putting so much into it as well it almost feels like there's so much more on the line um and more pressure on yourself almost i suppose and i think at least for me that's probably why um i find it more nerve-wracking starting a sim race than uh, than in real racing but um but yeah it's um like you say that the focus required is uh, is massive let's talk about long-term goals because as we've alluded to, the last 14 to 15 months have been absolutely phenomenal for you with your success. So what is the ultimate aim? And, and I'm also intrigued to know, I mean, obviously, as an Aussie growing up, loving motorsport, but I hope you don't mind me telling our listeners you've now made the move to Germany. Was that all part of, of the career plan? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, making the move over to Europe was something that, um, I mean, it was a tricky decision 
but at the end of the day, uh, it was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. And I think moving forward, um, at least uh, especially in the short term, it was something that needed to be done. Um, there's so, like, so many opportunities here this year that I wouldn't have been able to do if I wasn't here. Um, so it's, it's been um, massive for me, for sure. Um, long-term goals, obviously, I'm going to continue to sim race. Um, I want to keep winning, might win some more championships. But um, at the same time, too, I'd like to... So at least in, in the next couple of years, I may be trying to, to get back into to racing at some point. Um, obviously, I guess there's going to be a time where I have to make a choice. And I mean, I'm only 20, but there is also a point where um, you get kind of too old to make a start, I suppose, um, and makes things a little bit harder. But um, yeah, at the same time, you know, making the move was, was huge. And I think it can open up a lot of doors outside of sim racing as well, which is something that I'd like to really try and, um, and take advantage of and make the most out of while I can. But, but, um, but yeah, um, I think long-term, um, yeah, there's a lot on my, on my mind and I think, uh, hopefully can try and make some of it work out, but we'll see. I think we'll see you on a racetrack in the future. I mean, I just find it intriguing because obviously, you know, you are making your mark. You're so firmly established as one of the key sim racers in the world. But I guess to have that background as well of real racing, they complement one another. You could have the absolute ultimate winning combination here. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's something that we'd have to, uh, to test to find out. But um yeah, I don't know. I feel like like over the past couple of years of sim racing, I've learned a lot that I could put back into my real racing too. Um, I guess in in uh, in karting, my biggest issue was always stringing together a championship, stringing together a season. I could always be fast some weekends and uh, not others, and consistency was a massive issue for me. But I feel like over the past kind of 15 months, I've worked on that a lot, um, and consistency is probably one of my strongest aspects now so that's something that i can take back into that um into that real racing and i guess use that as a positive so that there's heaps that i've learned in sim racing that can translate and i think um it, like i say i guess for that reason as well that's why my interest has kind of grown back into to real racing again because i'm kind of also seeing all these these guys that i raced against back through the years um moving on to, to bigger and better things racing in um in like F3 and, and supercars and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm just kind of thinking to myself, um, what if I tried a little bit harder to try and make that happen, you know, um, to kind of, uh, I guess, maybe see. But, uh, but yeah, um, I think, I guess for that reason, there's, uh, I'll be pushing hard. But, um, but yeah, I think that there's so much too that, that, um, that I've learned over the past couple of years that I can take back into that. I think, Josh, it's a case of watch this space. There's no doubt that you're setting the world alight in sim racing and it's been absolutely fascinating having a chat with you today. I wish you all the best for the future and thank you so much for joining me on Inside E. Good luck. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure to, uh, to chat with you guys. If you'd like more information, follow Porsche Formula E on Twitter and Instagram or visit the Porsche Newsroom. See you next time. Inside E, Porsche Formula E podcast. podcast.